0: Hello everybody and welcome to my podcast. Today we're going to talk about bioinformatics, so be more tick to lick, the evolution of bioinformatics and how to become an amphibious scientist. How do we learn to combine traditional laboratory biology with the computer technology that we have now to optimize our research? I've always thought of myself as a as a wet lab scientist, and to me the very phrase wet lab suggests sloshing beakers of cultures such as the ones I worked on during my PhD. I've even taken this at one point, quite literally, and kitted up in in some very fabulous waders, much to the <laughs> surprise of some very bemused onlookers, to go in search of freshwater snails as part of some field work. Um, incidentally, it's quite hard to find waders for size four feet. Uh, I had to order them from, from quite far away, but uh, anyway, I digress. What I never really considered was the increasing role that bioinformatics would play in my wet lab career and in the biological sciences in general. During my time as a student, I learned to use a number of programs, so R, um, pad prism, but I never really sort of, never to the extent that I would call myself knowledgeable. I find and um, still find it all kind of quite overwhelming, as I say, like some kind of wheezing lungfish emerging out of the prehistoric pool of the laboratory and heaving myself onto the banks of the uh, the digital world. Uh, Incidentally, scientists believe that the first fish to walk on land was called the Tiktaalik, which has both gills and rudimentary lungs, Um, also Wrists, which is somehow a concept I find very difficult to picture—a fish with with wrists. Um, But I feel a certain affinity for the really quite odd-looking creature, which is trying its best in what is its brave sort of new world, but probably really quite keen to stay in the safety of its sort of swamp. Um, There's a really nice review um, titled "The Moist Zone." It's it's not my favorite name, uh, but it gives a really good. overview of the transition between the two sort of areas of of wet lab science and bioinformatics, uh, and you can find a link on my blog. Um, And this straddling of the two worlds and becoming an amphibious scientist is something that we both, both sides, wet lab and dry scientists need to achieve to ensure really cohesive research. So we can talk about the evolution of bioinformatics. And the laboratory, wet lab science, of course, existed well before bioinformatics, which emerged roughly around the 1950s. And the first thing that they really used it for was uh, protein analysis. And I've added, again, some links on my, uh, on my blog. But focus was soon shifted to DNA and unraveling the human genome. By the 1970s, genome sequencing had begun to take shape, um, and the Human Genome Project was born It ran from 1990 to 2003 and this used Sanger sequencing. And again, there's a link to this in the blog. And this had the aim of deciphering the human genome in three major ways. Firstly, by determining the sequence of all of the bases in the human genome, then mapping the locations of individual genes for major sections of our chromosomes. And thirdly, producing linkage maps so um, inherited traits such as for genetic disease could be tracked over generations. It took many human volunteers. Um, so the first actual full human genome is not just one person. It's made up of lots of different people and uh, a very cool 2.7 billion U.S. dollars to complete, which when you compare to sequencing nowadays, you can sequence a genome for sort of under hundred dollars. It's uh, it's incredible how far technology has come. But bioinformatics isn't just about sequencing, of course, and the advent of ever more powerful computers have allowed scientists to utilize their efficiency um, in ever more creative ways. So for instance, you need to design some primers. Uh, You could try a program such as Snapgene. If you need to visualize geographic data, QGIS is a program that you could use. Uh, And whatever your biological problem, there's likely to be a computer program somewhere to help you. But what if, like me, you're not particularly well-versed in computer programming languages, it's really hard to know where to start. Um, But necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. So when I was asked to teach a student how to process nanopore sequencing data, I just kind of had to get on with it. Um, But you've got to start somewhere and I think planning your goals can really help. So planning your journey onto dry land. Before you jump in feet first and start looking through all of the information, stop and think about what it is that you actually want to achieve. Do you want to be able to do a very sort of specific process or do you need to build up a more complex command based pipeline for different types of data? Um, How are you going to display your results and what sort of data, what start data and what end data is it that you need to kind of process? Once you've kind of got a good idea of what it is you're planning to do, you can then sort of work out how to achieve that. And the good news is you've got a number of options to try and identify the best way to do this. Bioinformaticians are a really good source of information for asking really specific questions, technical questions or for sort of advice. Although they are likely to be pretty busy, so it's maybe best not to ask them for sort of an in-depth um lecture on a whole area. They are a good, um, excuse me, a good starting point uh, is other colleagues within your department or perhaps within your institution um, because they are likely to be people who are doing similar things to you. Um, Although it may not necessarily be who you expect. You might find that maybe you have an old school friend, an uncle, um, you know, a, a cousin who knows about certain programming languages or might happen to use a certain program but in a different capacity. Um, And you'll probably find that most bioinformaticians are at least partially self-taught and therefore you'll find that they've probably been through the same things as you and hopefully will be happy to try and point you in the right direction. Another source of information, books and journals. These are really good for background information and learning about a general topic or area. However, they do become out of date pretty quickly. So they're not, like, not likely to have cutting edge material. It's definitely worth showing a little bit of love for your library uh, and having a look on the bookshelves um, for bioinformatics books. They could be a fantastic source for providing really robust but understandable information on a general topic. And chances are you might be able to find a librarian who will be able to point you in the right direction so you can find the best book. Uh, that you want. And a lot of libraries, especially academic libraries have e-versions of these books as well. You could also look to training courses. Um, These are really good for an in-depth understanding of a specific area with sort of a real person to advise um, in real time. They're not so good for sort of general overviews and often there's not necessarily a lot of time to practice with your own data. Some workshops or tutorials are free, some you might have to pay for, uh, but training sessions can be a really great way to get um, experience quickly. You could check with your institution to see if they run anything or have a look online. It kind of depends, I guess, on what you want to do, uh, but you might find there are societies, clubs, or online forums that might be able to help you find something. Twitter is also a really good source. Which leads me to, of course, the biggest, uh, the internet. There are really good things about the internet. Um, Obviously, you can find all sorts of information, really good for general overviews, identifying programs, um, finding bits of code, and asking questions from other experts on forums. However, it can be really overwhelming and quite difficult to identify specifically what you need and also sort of information that's related to what you're trying to do. Um, So having a basic understanding before you really dive in might be quite useful. It's also potentially not the quickest way to learn as a beginner because you kind of need to understand what it is you're learning in the first place. As I say, the internet is an obvious one, but it is really hard to sieve through that information. But if you've identified a specific program, their websites often have manuals and tutorials to follow, which are usually really, really helpful. Um, You'll also obviously find online training sessions and the forums are really, really helpful. But don't forget, as I mentioned, the power of social media. And Twitter is a really, really excellent source for training materials and experts who generally are quite interactive. So when I was starting out, um, this is kind of something that I found really, really overwhelming as I've mentioned. But as I went along finding useful information, finding people who provided useful information, books, that kind of thing, I started to collate a document which we used for our students in our department as a kind of introductory how-to guide um, and what I've done is I've um, along with my colleagues we have written it for our Pandora Global Health Network hub and you can find the link to that on on my blog it's not a how-to guide you won't learn how to do certain you know bioinformatics on there it's more a list of resources and things to consider um, that might you might find useful when you get started it's aimed mainly at sequencing because this is something that Pandora is really trying to create capacity for. But the general information should probably be quite helpful for anyone who is trying to become a sort of an amphibious scientist. If you heard this uh, podcast or you've read the blog and are thinking, yep, I have been there. I have, I've done that. I struggled to. Please feel free to share any links or any resources that you found helpful when you started Um, and I can add them to the hub page, add them to the blog, and hopefully we can help people start to learn bioinformatics.